Welcome to the Consumer Rundown Podcast, your destination for the people, companies, and trends transforming today's consumer markets. We are your hosts. I'm Penny. And I'm Dimitri. On today's episode, we're talking to Evan Kessner, the founder of Straight Up Growth, an Amazon ad agency that's helped brands grow their sales by hundreds of millions of dollars. Evan's going to share his insights on how to win on Amazon in 2023. So if you're a brand owner who wants to learn how to win on Amazon, this is the episode for you. Evan, thanks for joining us. How are things going? Doing well, Dimitri. Thanks for having me. Before we jump in, I want to talk about Expo East. Were you there? I was at Expo East. We've got a bunch of customers at the show, and it's a lot easier when it's like, oh, the guy right next to you grew from 18K to 100K MRR in the last six months. Do you want us to do something like that? I brought a couple of sales guys, but it's the last Expo East. I actually personally liked it more than Expo West because people could remember you because they weren't so overwhelmed where Expo West is like full on circus of food brands. So Expo East is a fun one, man. I had been to Expo West before uh, back in March, but this is my first Expo East. Really fun experience with a bunch of cool people. And uh, on top of that, I got to try a lot of good food. I love that event because it's like all the guys I want to talk to are just stuck behind the booth feeding me and get a lot of the CEOs there and a lot of the investor folks like yourself. Uh, I actually met Odyssey Elixir. I don't know if you saw those guys. They've got a mushroom energy drink. And when I'm at the show, that's my preferred uh, free energy drink for sure. They're a customer we've done pretty well for that I met at the last year's show. And I, I honestly just followed up because I like the product. Kind of cool where you can taste the product in front of the founders. Part of my strategy when I'm networking is taste it in front of them. And if I like it, I'll hang out and I'll ask some more questions. And they could tell that I'm genuinely interested in their product from my facial expression. Hey, that's a good strategy. Sometimes you just can hide it. Yeah, I can. I can't fake it. There's one product that I tried. I'm not going to name the name, but I got a lot of funding earlier in the year. It's my first time trying it. And I just didn't like it. And I talked to other people, they had very similar feedback. Expo East, which is like the short name. It's also like natural products. Expo and a lot of them are like supposed to be super healthy. It was like a super healthy product. Yeah, it was a better for you product. The ingredients and the nutritional profile checked all the boxes. I really wanted to like it, but it just wasn't for me. Yeah, it's tough when the taste is no good. The better for you, let's call it a movement, is very serious and, and for real and very apparent, especially at that show. I'm also someone who lives in California now, and after the show, I went to New York, and I was visiting all my New Yorker friends, and they think it's funny that I'm in the gym, and I'm drinking my matcha drinks, and I'm doing my meditation, and I'm doing my cryotherapy, and they're like, you know, wrapping their heads around that. But you get to like the airport, and they go into the, what's it called, where they give you all the discounts before you fly international? Duty-free. Thank you. The duty-free stores. And they're pushing like, all oh, crap. Nothing that's really going to like improve your physical health. So at least these better for you products that don't taste the best are good for you and things you should be putting in your your body. So, you know, at least they're kind of working on that. But yeah, you got to get the taste right if you're going to grow to the numbers that a lot of these folks are kind of crazily putting up. I think it's a good time to segue. Do you want to do a quick intro of yourself? Yeah, sure. Happy to. So I'm, I'm Evan. I'm the CEO of Straight Up Growth. We're an Amazon agency that's been growing pretty rapidly, been around for three years, doing close to, let's say, like a half a billion on the Amazon channel, spending 50 million in ads and team of about 33 folks. For that, I was in the SaaS space and had a 
my own startup that scaled pretty fast as well. So it's kind of where I, I play and like to play and just you know, trying to help good people grow good businesses. That's always been my why. That's our why at Straight Up Growth. You now applied it to uh, online businesses because that's where we focus now. But yeah, that's really why I do what I do. Before we take a deep dive into Amazon, I want to take a step back and talk about your founding journey. What opportunity did you see when you launched your agency? Full transparency between companies where I was a co-founder and we scaled really fast, one and a half million, like 12, 14 months. And then I exited Uh, briefly was working for a company called Nextiva, the CEO and CMO of Nextiva, who they do over a quarter billion in revenue, biggest tech company in Arizona. All they cared about was the team and growing online sales. So I was looking to put together a team of folks that really knew what they were doing. And really focused on just driving online revenue and just met Daniel Tejada at a party. He had sold probably half a billion on the channel already. And so I thought that'd be a good person to partner with. He was really super customer centric, really cared about delivering results for clients as opposed to making money and pocketing cash, which really aligned with what I wanted in a business partner. Met the right guy at the right time and off to the races. So that's kind of how we got started. Yeah, that's a really great story. Why is Amazon a good channel for brands? Amazon's a good channel for new customer acquisition just because it's got the most eyeballs. You've got the whole country. You've got more people with Amazon Prime accounts with their credit card set up and ready to purchase on Amazon. And you've got people with really super high intent to purchase. You've got a lot of eyeballs. It's just a great way to get found and discovered. That's a really great point. Eyeballs are the key to Amazon's success. If you're a founder, thinking about whether or not it makes sense for you to join Amazon, what metrics should you be looking at? Great question. I get this question all the time from founders that are doing usually like a couple million and they're looking to make it in another channel. Um, by then, they've already, they're already either on Amazon or have very strong reasoning as to why that they're not. But right now, it's tough, right? It's gotten to the point where you've got to spend 100K to make 30, 40K in the first six, eight months. And if you can't live with that, then let's not get started. But from there, you're starting to break even, starting to drive customer awareness. You're starting to make a little bit of money. So we're usually talking about funded businesses. When we're doing it, honestly, like the last folks we've taken in the last 12 months are billionaires that are launching now a second brand with us. And they started a brand that new with us. So you can tell it's going well. I don't have to say much else. Those are the folks that really just want Amazon to be either a primary channel or they've got enough demand and eyeballs and people are searching for them anyway, right? If you can see that I have search volume that's branded and folks are looking for you on the channel, guess what? They're buying from your competitors or they're buying based on someone else buying your stuff and putting it up on the internet. We started a fortuitous time, work with a skincare brand that was big in Ulta and Sephora and high-end luxury brand. And, you know, you just had people listing anything and it was just any one picture of the product from like kind of far and the bullet points didn't make any sense, but the product was good enough and had enough of a reputation where it would sell. But as a high-end luxury beauty brand that's run by some pretty smart folks that went to Harvard, it's kind of not an acceptable thing for them. And so that's kind of indicative of, hey, maybe there's some serious search volume here. Maybe you can win in this category and started in the first 18 months with them, took it to be a, a $2 million channel, right? They had some they had some clout already. 
So they weren't starting like totally new with no name recognition in the marketplace. That makes sense. Given that Amazon is becoming a great opportunity for so many brands, but it's also becoming more competitive. So how do brands win on Amazon? There's a few techniques and strategies. And I think that for every brand, we put together a custom strategy for that brand based on what makes sense in the marketplace. One of the strategies that we use a lot are ranking campaigns. One of the things that a lot of people don't know is you can basically buy, use your advertising to buy your SEO on the channel, right? So if you win for specific keywords, it's a lot easier to stay there. And that's what we mean by ranking. We're also using QR codes to capture 60,000 emails over the first 10 months for clients like that. So it's tougher, right? The strategy piece has become just like a lot more of a real thing that people need to focus on. You can't list a pencil like you could in 2017 and become a millionaire anymore. Let's say a brand does decide to join Amazon. What metrics should it be looking at to measure its success? When it comes to metrics, you know, big San Diego agency, we love our tacos. That's really one of the, the most important ones. How's my overall account growing? So back in, let's say 2021, like just full on growth mode, we had customers flooring it. Now, if they can get back one-to-one on their money, then they're flooring it as hard as they could. I spoke to a company that's a half a billion dollar company at uh, Expo East, and they used to floor it, spend 40 bucks to capture a $17 customer, which is insane. But people over-focus on the metrics and they're not as focused on what's really important to me personally, if I was a brand owner, would be what's happening with non-branded customers. Am I getting more and more market share using my advertisements capture? People that aren't looking for Dimitri's toothpaste, they're looking for toothpaste, right? I want that toothpaste customer that could go to Colgate, Crest, whoever. If you give me that toothpaste customer and then they go and they buy a toothbrush and now they're buying my toothpaste for life and you spent 10 bucks to get a customer that's going to spend, now we know they're going to spend 250 bucks. I want to do that. That's why it's not really like a one metric. You've really got to look at the whole picture. You've really got to decide what your goals are. So if you can build a brand on Amazon and build your own search volume, right? And people keep coming back, you're going to crush it. Makes sense. Anything else? The way that folks are using Amazon needs to make sense for their brand. It needs to make sense based on their competitive landscape. I'd say for anyone who's using Amazon to capture new to brand customers and that them getting them to grow the overall pie, like BarkBox, who went from 50 million to 250 million in revenue uh, in subscription services when the business went from 15K to 1 million a month over the same time period. Amazon is a pretty good option for a lot of folks. There's a lot of disconnect in the market, right? Where folks that have like a $20 million business that are doing like 100K on Amazon, like I heard at Expo East, like there's a disconnect there. Finger to the wind, you can get that up to 2 million pretty fast. You're probably doing some things that don't make a lot of sense. Maybe you're just an expert in in grocery and, and retail and that's where your expertise is. And that's an area where brands can capture more revenue that leads to more healthy revenue. But yeah, you've got to be smart about it. You've got to be efficient with your dollars. And, and you got to be using them for a reason, right? I mean, I can't tell you how many brands are wasting between 30 to 70% of their ad budget are things that are driving clicks, but no sales. And they have things that are driving clicks and sales, and they can just move the budget over to those things that drive revenue. I'd say, if you're going to do it, don't do it. You're going to waste your money. You're going to waste your investors' money. You're not going to make friends and uh, you're not going to land new to brand customers. But if you're going to get serious, 
and you're going to spend some serious money, then do it seriously. And, and then it can be win-win and it should drive organic sales in the long run. That's what we're looking at. How do I drive new customer acquisition that leads to organic sales on Amazon and then also on my on my website? And you know, maybe when they see me in the store, they purchase a little bit more frequently as well. I know I've done that. I'm a big Amazon shopper, but I've been buying more stuff that like, oh, I bought that on Amazon. I'm standing here. My wife's getting me to the grocery store a little bit more and I'm cooking a little bit more. So it's like, oh, I like that. I'm going to buy that because I bought it on Amazon and I know that I like it. That um, makes a lot of sense. Probably the biggest change in digital advertising came with the iOS 14 update. Did that make your job more difficult? When the update happened, we had a lot of customers who had to figure out their new customer acquisition strategy and were like, here's one. There was opportunity, I'd say. I don't think it made it a lot harder for us. I think that we had customers where a different part of their business started to be less strong. So they started to go a little bit harder with us because we already had trust and we already kind of knew what the metrics looked like. And we had answers of some kind where there were none. What do you think of TikTok? especially now that they're leaning pretty heavily into social commerce with TikTok shopping. Is there a big opportunity there for brands? You know, yeah, there's opportunity on TikTok. I mean, you're seeing folks make money there. You, know, you got folks posting videos and getting a lot of views organically, which is great. But it's a good way for folks that don't have like big budgets to kind of try to win. And there's still a lot of question marks in regards to like what's going to work, what's not going to work, but people are figuring things out and they're trying things. And you know, the 100th and 300th and 1,000th video cracks the code. And I think, you know, for a lot of people, it's just a matter of persistence and focus. I don't think it's a bad channel for anybody. It's a channel that I'm definitely interested in paying attention to. As younger folks get more discretionary income, they're going to grow up and they're going to make some money. And if TikTok's a channel that's got the most eyeballs, then it'll get progressively a little bit more serious. Next question. So I asked this question from everyone on the podcast. What philosophical or business principles drive you either in your day-to-day -day life or in your business? Yeah, the biggest overarching one is just to help good people grow good businesses. You got to find folks that are just good folks. Try to stay away from assholes. We don't have enough time on this earth. You've got to say yes to the right folks and no to the right folks so you can spend enough time with the right folks that are just good people. And then it's really tough to just grow a a business that's not scalable for whatever reason, a short version on Amazon in my day-to-day -day life. Like we try to work with products that are four stars and up. You know, it's really easy to get someone to buy something one time, but it's really tough to get them to buy a bad product a second time. So, you know, good people, helping good people grow good businesses has been like the overarching theme for uh, myself throughout my career. And when that gets kind of challenge or I haven't felt like it's um, a really good fit for me personally, because we're not doing one of those two things, then it's uh, usually my time to walk away. And, you know, thankfully, straight up growth really has been crushing that. And there's been some of the learning experience, right? I think when talking about like putting your money where your mouth is, we definitely had to shed some clients that didn't kind of fit the mold. And, you know, thankfully, that enables us to spend more time and more resources on good folks. That's a great philosophy. Evan, last question. Brands want to work with you. What's the best way to reach out? Yeah, the best way to reach me is going to be ej at straightupgrowth.com. That's my email, just ej at straightupgrowth.com. LinkedIn's great as well. It's evanj at 
on LinkedIn. I'm at Straight Up Growth. And uh, yeah, those are probably the two best ways to find me these days. Evan, it was great to talk to you today. Thanks for sharing all of your insights about Amazon, about digital advertising, and the current state of the advertising market. Loved it, Dimitri. Thanks for having me. Appreciate you, man. This concludes our interview with Evan Kessner. Thank you all for joining. Please subscribe for more episodes of the Consumer Rundown podcast and visit us at consumerrundown.com. See you next time.